As the 19th century turned into the 20th, across this nation we began to build bridges. According to data from the United States Department of Transportation, which presents its figures in four-year blocks, there was a steady increase in the number of bridges that were built each four-year period from 1912 until 1966. The one exception being one four-year block in the middle of World War II. Since 1966, the number of bridges built has steadily decreased each four-year period, so that in the last four years, like 30 years from the peak, we are back at the same number we were 30 years before that. In 1966, we, were, we built 55,000-some-odd bridges, and now we're back down to 25-something. Just an interesting bit of information. Now, clearly, we have vastly improved technology since the 60s, broader communication, contact with more people all over the world. More people are traveling more places than ever before. Still, for some reason, our drive to connect the dots between places that are separated has declined. As a result, not only do we build fewer bridges, but we have done very little to restore the ones that were built before. It seems to me that throughout our culture, the passion for forging connections may have subsided. Rather than visible, tangible, multidimensional engagement, with one another and the world around us. Too often we spread ourselves out across either the cyber ether or perpetual activities and obligations that no longer allow, much less demand, deeper, deeper involvement. On the occasion of Father's Day, we have chosen to honor some of the men of our church who represent the generations that in so many ways literally built most of our bridges. They have demonstrated in no uncertain terms the level of commitment that such an undertaking requires. Obviously, the kinds of bridges about which I am now speaking are many. They are part, these men are part of the generations that created a solid enough foundation that we who followed were safe to reach a little farther toward unfamiliar ideas in religion, unfamiliar ideas in science, in culture, and background. They put before their own personal enjoy before their own personal enjoyment the well being and success of the whole. 
of that which is greater than themselves, whether it was church community or city or nation or world. These are the people who began teaching us that we must leave things better than the way that we find them. If any of you were ever Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, you know that. Doesn't matter whether it's a campground, a planet, or a system. It's a matter of honor to leave things better than we find them. Their utter determination to grow spiritually and share that journey with others continues to be inspiring. Each man is open and direct. Each has given a full measure of his time, talents, tender, and treasure. Each is ardently loyal to his quest for truth and to this congregation. I would like to introduce these men one at a time and ask you to stand as I call your name so that people might recognize your faces or come to know your faces if they're new here and don't know you yet. So will you please stand as I call your name? Franklin Adams. Bill Johnston, who's in... John Rosser. And Hank Storr. Thank you. Blessed are those who take seriously the bonds of community, who regularly regularly join in celebration and learning, who come as much to minister as to be ministered unto. Franklin Adams was a member of All Souls Shreveport once before. At that time, both he and his wife, Sam, were public school teachers here in Caddo Parish. They showed up and immediately went to work, helping with potlucks, receptions, and fundraisers. They found their niche quickly, but left rather quickly, too. I think it was equal parts work and wanderlust that led them away from us for a while, Franklin made it a point, though, to keep in touch and keep us posted on what was going on with them. He stayed connected to this congregation while they were gone. And when they returned to Shreveport not too terribly long ago, they jumped right back in with both feet. Franklin has worked to build bridges between young people of all ages and nature, which he loves so much. Here to share a few words about our tenacious and tender-hearted Mr. Adams 
is another hard worker who we will soon be who will soon be leaving us we will soon be losing and who also was here before left and came back betty parent I got back from Baton Rouge because I had left and come back. And when I came back, I noticed during the work days, which is my favorite to do at the church because this is where I get to touch it and make a difference on the outside or the inside. And I was watching this man who I thought was elderly, who was working so hard, and I thought, wow, he looks like, he works like me. I love that. I've got to meet this man. And then a month after that, we had a buildings and grounds so I could find out what to bring. We needed a new chairperson. I wasn't going to do it by myself. So I asked Franklin Adams if he would co-chair with me because I figured with the two of us working, we could get anything done. And we do. I haven't been around older men. My dad died when I was young, so I'm not familiar with the kind of relationship that you can have with someone that you don't know well, you don't have a history well. But when I met Franklin, it was a kindred spirit. It was a longing for, let me get connected with this man so I can understand that, because that was a part of me that was missing. What was so neat is Franklin was able to just be who he is with me. There was no... Hesitation. There was no drawing back. Franklin let me just be with him and be his friend. I will miss Franklin a lot when I leave because I won't have anybody to have coffee with before church. I won't get to hear the stories. This man has led an amazing life. I don't get to see the tears in his eyes when he speaks of his wife, Sam, which touches my heart. I don't often see that. And I will miss hearing his passion when he talks about his spirit home. And he talks about the vision that he sees for our church and our grounds, this whole sanctuary that covers whatever acreage that we have here. When I hear Franklin speak, I see the picture of what this place will be. Because Franklin's one of the ones who's not going to stop until the picture's there. Franklin, it has been an honor to work with you. I am going to miss you terribly. It has been a pleasure to build the grounds with you. And thank you for letting me speak about my butt, Franklin. Also, to share a word or two about Franklin is a new member or a newer member um, who has borne witness to Franklin's devotion and determination, Kevin Hayes. Two weeks in a row, this is getting to be a habit. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. 
sun shining, it's not raining today. The forest is looking incredible. You can tell you, you've got to walk out back here. It's beautiful. But we all choose to come here to All Souls, to come in and sit in these pews. We do it week after week. And I think we all have different reasons for doing that. Some, some of us come on Sundays. Some of us come on Saturdays. We come for a variety of reasons, and the reasons change because our lives change. For me, bouncing around from state to state recently, one of the big ones is community. Our coffee gathering after the service is really a big deal to me. Getting together and working on the grounds crews on an occasional Saturday here and there is another big one. I look forward to chatting with you folks. I've had the chance to make a few acquaintances this way, and it gives me a connection to the state, the town, and in particular, this church. Well, there's a fellow here I keep finding hauling around a leaf blower and a 400-foot extension cord, which is literally bigger than he is. And then I hear he keeps track of 101 things that need to be done to keep the church going. At least in the physical sense. He's the owner of a friendly wave, a hearty good morning, some advice about finding a good traditional hardware store, and uh, good for an amusing warning about fire ants. Franklin, I wish I had paid attention to that one. He can tell you who knows what and who to ask next about just about anything here. This man isn't just tugging on the web. He's a strand that goes right up through the middle of it. Franklin is the father I'd like to mention today because he's a bit more than an acquaintance now and my idea of a real community builder. Again, blessed are those who take seriously the bonds of community, who regularly join in celebration and learning, who come as much to minister as to be ministered unto. Bill Johnston has been with us only a few years. He came in the door of all souls, the doors of all souls, eager to give us the fruits of his labors and share his art. Changes in his physical capabilities forced him to alter the projected course of his artistic career. Though not in public schools, I think that Mr. Johnston has determined himself also to be a teacher. He's always ready to contribute his works, thoughts, ideas, and time to further the cause of loving peaceful community, and for growing spirit. His faith in the goodness of the universe and the possibilities of humankind is unfailing. A fan of personal communication, he will hang in until the discourse reaches its terminus. Bill has worked to build bridges between those with different ways of seeing the universe. In your orders of service, it says Chester Kelly was going to speak about Bill, but he was called away on a family health matter. And so to share some words about Bill, I would ask 
our membership team leader, Ron Thurston. Morning again, <clears throat> Mr. Bill Johnson. Uh, Bill has been a member here, as uh, Barbara said, for about two years. Uh, he is a very accomplished artist, and his specialty is drawing. Uh, Bill has offered and taught classes at All Souls and in the community, and certainly his passion for teaching, that is his passion. I think he truly believes, and he's probably right, that anybody, anybody can draw if they have the will to learn and the eyes to see. I believe Bill has chosen all souls as his spiritual home because of the freedom, interest, and support he has found in this community, his spirituality flows from the works he creates and the people that are blessed by his creations. He has given me a different perspective on seeing. Some of his students have commented, I'm looking at the same scene and seeing so much more. Bill has made me aware of the importance of slowing down and fully seeing the panorama before us. On one, on one occasion, Bill held up a rock for me to look at, and he asked me what I saw. I said, a rock. <laughs> he said, do you see a face? Looking closer, I did indeed see a face and realized what Bill was trying to teach me. The more we can simply open our eyes, the more appreciation we will have for our planet and the importance of saving it. His drawings are a perfect vehicle. In, in spreading this message. Bill's mind is sharp, and his experiences in the world run deep. He is always eager to share his time and his talents in the hopes of increasing our awareness of artistic creativity and the growth that awaits those that are willing to try. At the last silent auction, I purchased one of Bill's prints, and I would like to find a place in this church for it. I will show it to you now. It is from Yosemite, and I think it'll find a good home here. Bill, thank you. Next, to share some thoughts about Bill as an artist of quite a different ilk. Now, our resident tie-dye aficionado and origami instructor, <laughs> Richard Denton.
Ah, what can I say about my old buddy Bill Johnson? Except that it would take several three subject notebooks and a few packs of number two pencils to write it all down, and then uh, about four days straight to read it all, but, and I've only known him about a year and a half. Uh, my Reader's Digest condensed five by seven card version of it, though, is that per capita, I know more about Bill than he'll ever know about me. And if you've ever had a chat with Bill, you know what I mean. He's brimming with vast insights in a lot of areas we're both interested in and just as many areas that I am now interested in. I've been kind of hanging around with Bill pretty much since he started coming to this church, and he has quickly become one of my favorite significant elders and have grown to appreciate his counsel and his personal advice in many areas. Um, Although he is 25 years my senior and has limited use of his right hand, He usually gets more done by 9 a.m. than I do all day. So I endeavor to do those sorts of things, too. Uh, My daughter and I took his How to See class about a year ago. And now my daughter is quite the artist in her own right. And uh, uh, she has a whole box of drawings and stuff that everybody just marvels at when they see them. And and here recently she said that she uh, might want to become a tattoo artist. So look forward to that. I think. (laughs) So, Bill, I know that you are a father, and although you are not my father, he passed uh, when I was 18, uh, but you're exactly the same age as he would be, and you share the same first name as he does, William, and your middle name is Richard. Uh, So that's close enough for me to honor you on this day, so happy Father's Day. Blessed are those who yearn for deepening more than escape, who are not afraid to grow in spirit. The next man we wish to honor this morning was the most regular adult attendee and participant in the early all-ages worship we had here for several years before this service. Every week in our discussions, he had points, to contribute. John Rosser has never been afraid of the questions. He has regularly attended meditation as well. I don't know how many of you know this, but many years ago, John Rosser used to preach for another faith. As long as he's been at All Souls, somewhere upwards of 20 years, I believe. He has resolutely pursued a deeper spiritual understanding. John has worked to build bridges between different understandings of faith. Here to speak of Mr. Rosser is our soon-to-be college freshman and my son, Noah Wagstaff. For the longest time, I had always sat alone on Sundays. One day, I decided to sit with this guy that looked like he knew something. (laughs) And John Rosser did not disappoint. 
He has a lifetime of knowledge to give and was eager to share it with me. He's one of the most open people I know, and he has been a very important person to me at this church. That's all I got. Also, to briefly share her experience about John is, again, Betty Parent. You're looking at me like you don't know what I got to say, John, and aren't you precious? <laughs> See, but when Barbara said that 20 years ago you came to the church, that's when I came. And when I came to the church, I was lost in trying to find something, and you were lost too, because that's why you were here. And we would meet on Saturday mornings out on the meditation, sitting in, on the two-by-fours out in the woods, and I would have questions, and you always knew the scripture, and I didn't want scripture because that hadn't answered. And then there was a time when I realized, John, that you were looking for answers just like I was. And for 20 years I have been watching you, instead of having the answers, say, come with me on the journey to find the answers. And I want to thank you for that. It has been a pleasure watching you, listening to you talk about your girls and your granddaughter that I got to take camping. It was wonderful. You have been a blessing to this church, and it's been a blessing being with you. Thank you. Store has been a member of this church for more than 30 years. He's a retired physician turned painter who has contributed mightily in every way imaginable to the well-being and survival of this congregation. To agree that is nothing short of humbling for most of us. His search for truth has been earnest. His spiritual quest unending. His every question profound and indicative of someone who has consciously chosen to remain teachable. Hank works to build bridges between the ineffable and the concrete. To share a word about Hank, I'd ask Ron Thurston back up. <clears throat> Hank Store. truly an honor for me to be honoring my friend Hank, who I have known since 1978. Hank has mentored me through good times and bad, 
always willing to give advice, listen, and hold my hand if that felt like what was needed. Since my father's passing in 1993, Hank has felt like a father figure as my life continued to change and evolve. I believe Hank's involvement in All Souls began around 1975. Bert and Carly, our first called minister, and one of Hank's was uh, Bert and Carly was was our first called minister, and one of Hank's early labors was to hang the middle brackets for bookshelves in Burton's office. I know Hank has held many positions in this church, and everything just seemed to work better when Hank's energy was at the table. He has done so much for all souls, from our first building on Shreveport Barksdale Highway to our present home here on LRB Road. Hank loves kids. And he was and he was great with mine. I remember walking out to the playground. This is Shreveport Barksdale days. Uh, many times, and uh, Molly and when Molly and John were small, and Hank would either be pushing them on the tilt-a-whirl or sliding them up and down the slide. Hank is certainly an active child in an adult body. And that spirit always keeps everything in action. A retired doctor, Hank's spirit has always been in art. He is known throughout the community for his paintings and his photography. Hank is involved in community arts organizations and has showings at Barnwell and other locations often. The walls of all souls have held, and to this day, there is one of Hank's pictures in the hall, um, and especially during times of Artist Sunday and the silent auction. Often, he simply displays his art down the hall, adding to the beauty and the spirit of this church. While he isn't opposed to selling his art, Hank frequently gives his works away to friends and organizations in honor of special times. Usually there is a piece hanging in the hall, as I said, and there is today. Please see it. Uh, Because his heart is in this church and art is a vital part of his spiritual path. Hank gave me one of his beautiful pictures as a wedding gift when Sandy and I were married. And while it has looked very, very good in my home, it truly belongs here. I know you'll see what I mean. I'm sure we will find the right place, Hank, for this picture here. Thank you.
I have comments from a number of former members of this church that I want to share, and I will have to abbreviate them because I'm aware of the hour. Hank, I've given Francis a copy of what these people sent me so that you can actually know everything they said about you. I just won't tell them all of it. Uh, From Harry Truslow and Kathy Manning, former members who are in the process of moving to Montgomery, um, they said when they hear the term scholar and gentleman, they think of Hank Storr, that he's one of the only men they've ever known who's had both halves of his brain totally developed. Um, And... He is one of the most intelligent yet gentle spirits that they've ever known. They wrote, many of us who broke away from traditional religions were amazed to find someone the age of our parents who was such a progressive, independent thinker. Maya Angelou describes Oprah as her daughter friend. We all consider Hank our father friend, and they wanted to thank him for giving everything he's given to them and to the world. Russ Pease, a former member of this church for many, many years, who lives in Arkansas now, uh, related a story about a rummage sale back in our old building on Shreveport Barksdale Boulevard when they were going to have their first rummage sale. The stuff had been set up and put in place for the rummage sale, but there wasn't a place to secure it, and no security arrangements had been made. And so Hank and Russ's father, Alva Pease, decided to be the security, and they spent the night in front of the church guarding all this junk (laughs) because the membership didn't want to have to move it to someplace secure. He also related a story of, um, you know, back when the church was what he wrote in all caps, really, really broke. And were doing their plumbing, their own plumbing and um, maintenance and stuff like that. Some of the younger people at that time, 20 and 30, were uh, going to be doing some roofing stuff. And Hank, who he said was well into his 50s, uh, offered to help. And they intentionally refused his help. So when they came down from the A-frame roof, they noticed on the other building roof, Hank was standing there with his paintbrush. They did not stop him by refusing his help. Uh, He recalls many board meetings in which the admonition was given, don't ask Hank to do it because if you ask him, he will. (laughs) Hank had done hard physical manual labor for this church well into his 80s and we all want to encourage him to take it a little easy now (laughs) from Burton Carley who was uh, our first called minister of any length anyway um, this is from Burton Hank Hank was my first convert to Unitarianism, so he has a special place in my heart, and for other reasons, too. As a medical doctor and an artist, Hank participated in the larger life of the city of Shreveport and the community, giving of himself for the healing and visual arts. 
He brought that same discernment and concern to the life of his faith, supporting the congregation generously. The life of the Spirit is the capacity for appreciative awareness, and if the mission of the church is to protect, nurture, and deepen that spirit, then Hank has been its greatest champion and a model for living with integrity, our faith in the larger community. With Hank, I always felt it was possible to share my biggest dreams and largest vision and found him a willing partner. May we all come to share our biggest dreams and our largest visions and be willing partners in their building. Thank you, gentlemen, for the bridges you have built for us and for showing us paths of honor and service, sensitivity, and beauty.